Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Welcome to Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, the longest-running weekly personal finance radio show in Wisconsin. Annex Wealth Management is a local fee-only fiduciary providing investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. Know the difference. Okay, here we go. Is it the economic version of everything, everywhere, all at once? Our old buddy CPI pays a visit. So does his cousin PPI. That and a whole lot more on the Week in Review, just seconds away on today's show. Welcome to Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Also on the way, retirement killers, why we can be our own worst enemies. Ask Annex, can you take a Social Security mulligan? And how Annex steps in with guidance and care for widows. That's all coming up. I'm Danny Clayton, Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer. Welcome. Thank you, Danny. Dave Spano, President CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to you. Yeah, thank you. That's exactly right. We have a ton of news this week, some of it not so good, and it all revolved around, number one, the economic news, and of course, interest rates, and then what happened in the banking industry, and it certainly caught everyone's attention. Right. I mean, we entered the week, uh, we learned that Silicon Valley Bank uh, basically had gone out of business, and that the Fed backstopped the depositors, so that got things off to a kind of a rough start. In fact, that was the day the stock market bottomed for the week, and, and surprisingly, the market themselves are fairly resilient. The S&P was up over 1% on the week. The NASDAQ up more than 5%. But small caps took a hit up, down about 2 So a mixed performance from equities. But we now have the FOMC meeting coming next week, and all eyes are going to be on the Fed. Yeah, and of course, what happened with Credit Suisse and the European Central Bank, which is, of course, their federal bank, uh, stepped in as well and made some news. But of course, as you pointed out, our Fed is going to meet next week, and there's about a 50-50 chance that they may do nothing, not raise interest rates at all, in about a 50% chance that they'll raise it a quarter point. Either way, the more important part of that is what will the statement be after the notice that they give? Will it be a dovish statement. In other words, will they say that they're near or at the end of their rate raising cycle is probably the most important news that we'll get. Absolutely. We're going to get real clarity there because they're also going to release the dot plots, which is the various members' expectations about where they believe the Fed funds rate's going to go in the coming 6 to 12 months. So that'll be a real good indication because just a week ago, there was some thought that terminal rate might be north of 6% and those odds have diminished dramatically. Yeah, they spooked the market. There was an 80% chance that they were going to raise the rate 50 50 basis points, that is now at zero. So I made some news this week by saying that the Fed is both the arsonist and the firefighter, and in fact, they really are. They have, of course, put so much free money into the system and kept it around for too long, which caused inflation, and now they're trying to catch that up by raising interest rates. That has, of course, inverted the yield curve, don't want to get too wonky, but that is really what the problem is that the banks have. It is. It makes it very difficult for the banks to manage their assets and liabilities in a concurrent way. And and really, the, the solution for the Fed isn't that complicated. To help fix the banking system, to support some of the actions that were taken this week, they need to make moves that will uninvert the yield curve. In other words, make short-term rates go down relative to long-term rates. And they certainly did this week. The two-year note dropped over 1% from its high in terms of its yield 
field. That's a move that the statistical model suggests would only occur once every 50 million years. <laughs> Is that right? I didn't know that. Well, I don't know. The investment world's been around for 50 million. But yes, of course, uninverting the yield curve means that they would go out into the open market and buy a bunch of bonds, which drives that interest rate down. So if the two-year rate comes down and the 10-year rate is set by the market, that'll at least flatten out. That will help the banks and hopefully alleviate a lot of the fear. And the other thing is, and I think people need to understand what we're doing in the midst of all this, we really did not make any major moves in terms of equity allocation or fixed income allocation this week because policy you know, remains in doubt. We really don't know how aggressive the Fed's going to be in terms of curbing inflation and how strictly they'll uh, go after that 2% inflation target that they talk about. Also, we know that the probability of a mild recession certainly went up this week. Goldman Sachs now thinks it's a 35% probability. And finally, equities, if you strip out the FANG stocks, are trading at about 15 times, which is a pretty good valuation, but things have been worse in the past. We wanted to keep some dry powder and see how things develop. And of course, you, know, you talk about the financial crises that we've had in the past, and you think back to 08 and 09, you know, there's still folks that have PTSD from all of the fear that went through those times, and we don't want people to go through that again. And so we do have our finger on the pulse. We're looking at the interest rates. We're looking at how that affects not only the bond market, Danny, but also the stock market and the holdings that people have. Dave, you've got a little uh, police and fire in your family tree. Yes. Uh, I think every arsonist knows that yep. it's harder to put out the fire exactly than it right. is to it's, start it. That is really true. And, yeah. of course, inflation can become more permanent if they don't address it. So they are in a tricky spot. If all this has you thinking, got to do something. You need to get beyond the point where you think it's a good idea to get a hold of Annex Wealth Management. You need to take action. It's one of those things that can maybe hang over your head. Wouldn't you like to eliminate that? Wouldn't you like to feel a little bit more guided as we get into 2023 all the way through it and beyond? Head to our website. It's AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. We can review this weekend on Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel, the Axiom on Sunday mornings, or Spotify at the top of the hour. Search Annex Wealth Management. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Saturday, March 18th. We're going to be right back on 620 WTMJ. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on WTMJ. Back on the show, some reminders. You can sign up for the Axiom, our free weekly newsletter. We're all over social media. Check us out there. LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube with a bunch of videos, over 1,500. SWAT podcast, quite good on Monday mornings. That's from the Annex Wealth Management Investment Team. If you really want to dig in deep on what's going on, this show on demand, top of the hour on Spotify. Derek Felsky is our Chief Investment Officer in the studio. Dave Spano, President and CEO. Thanks, Danny. You know, we talk a lot about you know what an elite wealth management firm is, and of course, the investment side of the house is really a key point. Who and how that is made up is really important, and we sat together this week on a number of occasions and talked about portfolio construction because that really defines what we do next. In other words, will there be a hard landing or a soft landing? In other words, will there be a recession or do we skirt one? A lot of information goes into that, Derek. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when you think about the allocation between, say, growth stocks and value stocks, historically, growth stocks do much better in a, in a slow-growing economy where, you know, profitability and, and free cash flow are paramount, whereas cyclical or more value-oriented companies tend to do well when we avoid a, a recession or perhaps have a no landing. So, there was a lot of rotation this week. We saw, you know, people considering technology companies to be almost a safe haven. So we see stocks like Amazon and Meta and Apple and Microsoft do quite 
well, while the banks and energy stocks took it on the chin because people are assuming that all of these tightening actions and the slower loan growth that may be precipitated by the fallout of the banking sector uh, could cause a recession, which would arguably reduce oil demand and uh, you know hurt financial stocks' balance sheets. Now, you threw something in there, which was no landing. We often talk about hard landing versus soft landing, but the term that's been thrown around a lot lately is no landing. Well, what no landing means is essentially we just kind of muddle along, perhaps in a somewhat of a stagflationary environment for a period of time until inflationary pressures gradually subside. And, you know, we are we were seeing some signs of that. And, and an environment like that requires you to really, you know, think around the curves and, and try to determine, you know, how far out do you want to bet? You know, where do you want to go with your, your asset allocation? And right now we're more or less playing it down the middle um, because the recessionary risks are certainly there. So we don't want to abandon growth stocks. But at the same time, we don't want to abandon cyclicals either because this recent correction has made them extremely attractive. And there's certainly things that we are doing. And one of that you can consider if you're playing at home is playing defense. In other words, what are you doing in your portfolio to play defense? And it doesn't mean selling all and going to cash. No, in fact, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about treasury bills. I mean, the a, a six-month Treasury bill just a couple of weeks ago was yielding five and a quarter percent. Now that's over over six months, but that's certainly a reasonable rate of interest to to collect while you're waiting for things to settle out, and that does port. Pref- you know, provide portfolio stability and give us the bright dry powder we'll need if we find opportunities as market volatility continues. And of course, you know, diversification is a defensive tool. But div- when you talk about diversification, you can also diversify geographically. Absolutely, the valuations overseas are are certainly more attractive than they are in the United States. Uh, the European indices, for example, don't have much of a tech weighting, so there you're going to get a lot more exposure to cyclicals. You know, insurance companies, banks, uh, natural resource companies and the rest. And you also get the diversification benefits of, of moving away from the U.S. dollar. I mean, most U.S. investors are overweight the U.S. dollar by its very nature, and sometimes it pays from a risk-reward standpoint to have some overseas exposure. And the last piece I want to talk about is WTI crude all the way down to $66 a barrel. That is really something that, of course, there's now the Strategic Petroleum Reserve can probably start to get refilled. Well, that and I read this morning that the Chinese are now starting to import a lot of crude in fact, at record levels, just as India is. Now, the question is, are they going to use that themselves, or are they going to refine it and sell it around the world? Because there is there is a growing belief that there is a, a crude oil deficit that will be challenged if the economies of the world start to grow at the, at the pace many people believe they will. Dave, if people are going to play defense, that doesn't mean do nothing. No, that, of right? course This not. is not the NBA All-Star game. No, no, this right. is. That's really funny. We're not, we're not Steph Curry. Right. There you go. So, do something. Elite Wealth Management, investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. That's what Annex Wealth Management does, and we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Retirement killers, what are they? How can you avoid them? That's next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 620 WTMJ. One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management works in your best interest. Can your advisors say that? This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on WTMJ. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? The Saving Regret Survey polled 1,600 Americans between 60 and 79. They wanted to see if the respondents felt they had saved enough, and if not, why not? At the top, we can tell you, almost 60% said they wish they saved more. 
80% worried about future needs. One-third worry about running out of money. What gets in the way? There's a list, and we're going to go through it with Brandon Arp, CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Hey, Danny. So some of these aren't preventable, but they can be dealt with when a plan is in place. And we'll probably mention that a couple of times. We're going to move through the list. Brandon, we're going to see what you think. Let's talk about the issue and maybe offer a few suggestions on actions that people should consider. The first one is interesting, and it's having low financial literacy, meaning you just don't know much about money. How much do folks really need to know about money? Enough? This is an unfortunate happenstance of the current educational system where I would make the argument that children, young adults, even college-age students would benefit from having just some crash courses. What's the ABCs of finance? How do we balance a checkbook? You know, what does overdraft protection look like? What's my credit score? But more importantly, and I guess kind of in our realm, what do we need to be saving for retirement? Can we afford certain things in life, a new home, college itself? Even as simple as how finance works. First moved to town, I was like, oh, I got to get a microwave. And it was like, I go to Sears and it's like $19 a month. Awesome. (laughs) Well, what I didn't understand was it was going to cost me double that in the interest. Those sorts of concepts. Yeah. Very important to understand as an investor, but also as an individual, getting your financial house in order, extremely important. Just one more comment. Fortunately, we're kind of seeing in the financial industry, things evolving in a way that many employers now have some sort of financial education, financial literacy tied with their 401k programs at work. If you have something like that, take advantage of it. It's built not to overwhelm you, but to put some of the tools in your toolbox that you can use on your own. We're talking about things that impact retirement. How about making bad investments? I mean, it happens. Not everybody bats a thousand. Oh, that's right. Uh, we've all been there, uh, even though we may not wish to admit it. And I think it's one of the key reasons why you want to partner with a professional. We're all busy in our day-to-day lives. Investing, making the right decisions with a portfolio gets more and more important the more and more you have. In addition to that, you know, you have to have the time, the energy, the knowledge to really implement a portfolio that is thoughtful that is taking advantage of current market trends in the economy. So partnering with an investment company like Annex Wealth Management tends to make sense. Plenty of folks that they kind of have a a toy account that they tinker with. That's perfectly fine. You're still involved with the markets, understand what's going on. But I'd say with the main accounts that you have, the big accounts, let someone professionally manage those. We're with Brandon Arp, CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, talking about things that impact retirement, maybe call them retirement killers. How about overestimating Social Security? And again, proper planning can go a long way into creating a more realistic expectation. Yeah, 100%. This is kind of a touchy subject depending on the generation, right? I'm going on 40 years old. I, I don't necessarily believe that Social Security will be around in the current state when I get to retirement age, but that's perfectly fine. The point is you got to plan for those sorts of things. And and Social Security is a decision that weighs heavy on many individuals because you kind of battle with what is the best decision. And that really depends on a host of different things, age, health, expectation for life, those sorts of things. Fortunately, here at Annex, we have specific software that allows us to really build out that break-even point. When, if I take Social Security at 62, 63, when do I break even? How long do I have to live? And ultimately, what we want to do is give you all the information that you need to make an informed decision on what Social Security benefit election makes the most sense to you. And then we'll put that in the plan to make sure that the plan corresponds with that decision. 
Here's one, not making long-term plans and maybe it kind of gets at your age group. Are we talking about 30s, 40s? It it, it makes a difference. Yeah, it sure does. Planning is very much a time-sensitive thing. Time is the most valuable thing that you can have with financial planning. Getting your financial plan in the books, starting the conversation, and then having the time to make slight adjustments to contributions, for instance, Roth versus pre-tax, distribution strategies if you're getting close to retirement and you need to reduce income to avoid Affordable Care Act premiums. These sorts of things, the earlier you can start talking about them, the better. It also behooves you to to have that time where you're not trying to get everything done in one year. We can take bites out of the action plan and implement them as needed. And our final point is procrastination. Maybe you're in your 50s and you just think it's it's a good idea, but you're going to get around to it next week, next month, in six months. That's a problem. It's always procrastination. Procrastination, right? The hardest thing to do with financial planning is starting. Starting the conversation, taking an hour to come in, sit down, open the books, let us do the hard lifting for you. We have a great team here, financial planning team, tax team, investment team, that's here to help you make sense of what you have. Putting it away is the easy part. Figuring out how it all melds together, figuring out how this distribution strategy is going to happen, figuring out how to minimize taxes. That's on us. We're going to do all the heavy lifting from that perspective. We can help, and we can help soon. Our website, great place to start, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. We will take it from there. Brandon Arp, CFP, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Danny. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show for Saturday the 18th, bottom of the hour. Let's get caught up, and for that, let's go to the WTMJ Breaking News Center. Planning and investing insight from a fee-only fiduciary. And we put that in writing. You're listening to Money Talk. The Annex Wealth Management Show on WTMJ. Time for Ask Annex. Wide open. AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask tab. If we can help you, click that Get Started button. Join in the studio with Sarah Kyle, a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Hi, Danny. Trevor Nargis is a senior trader on the investment team. Welcome back to you. Hey, Danny. First question is from Bob. I started Social Security at age 61 five years ago. Can I shut off Social Security for a year, realize the increase, and then turn it back on? Well, unfortunately, Bob, you cannot. For Social Security, you have one lifetime redo. However, that needs to be done within 12 months of turning Social Security on. So since you've been receiving for five years, that is not an option to shut it off. Next up from Sandra. My parents received funds when a stock they owned was bought out. The stock was acquired when the original company they owned stock split into two companies. They know the original stock basis, but how can they find out this company's basis? Sandra, I would just call the custodian. They should be able to provide that information for you. Custodian would be like like what? Who? Your Fidelity, Schwab, okay. TD Ameritrade, whoever you have that investment with. Next up is from Ed. Is it too early to pinpoint companies that will benefit from AI? Let me guess. Everything. <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's tough because it is so early on, and this whole AI movement is really still in its infancy. There are some generalities. People kind of working out, all right, maybe there's some of this picks and shovels argument with semiconductors or certain software companies that are looking to implement AI. But at the end of the day, it really still has to be hashed out whether or not it's going to help enhance product in the workplace, the use cases there still really need to be hashed out. So, but for the most part, it is a little early. Remember how big everybody was saying 5G was going to be? Yeah. I wonder if this will be the next thing, but I think it will revolutionize. It, it certainly will, and it also goes back to, I mean, you saw something with the Internet as well, right? When the Internet first came out, people knew that it was going to be very transformative, but 
there was a lot that had to be figured out. That's why you had something like the dot-com bubble and boom and bust there. So there definitely will be beneficiaries, but we'll have to see what happens. So there's some Wild West factor? There might be. It's Ask Annex. Got a question for us. You head to AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask tab. Next one is from Brian. Is currency risk a concern with international investing? And if so, is it the largest threat to investing in foreign markets? So first part of that question, it certainly is a risk when it comes to international investing. Currency risk is also known as exchange rate risk, and that's the potential for an investor to experience losses due to the change in value of currencies. So putting your money overseas, having, for example, if you invested in something that was denominated in euros, you're subject then to euros fluctuating relative to the dollar, certainly is a risk. I wouldn't say that it's the only risk when it comes to international investing, nor is it necessarily the biggest. you got to weigh a slow of factors when it comes to investing internationally. There's differences in regulatory environments. That can certainly be a risk to international investing. You can have political and economic instability. And then you have other factors, too. Typically, there's higher transaction costs when it comes to investing internationally. You also have liquidity factors. So there's a slew of factors to consider when it comes to investing internationally. But like you're alluding to, Brian, currency risk definitely is one risk to be cognizant of. A major topic of late has been the U.S. dollar and how that's affecting so, you know, just kind of general rule of thumb, lower dollar helps emerging markets. Certainly. Then conversely, right over time, you tend to see an inverse relationship with the dollar and international markets. So when the dollar tends to be stronger, international markets tend to perform not as great relative to the dollar. But then when the dollar is weakening, you tend to see international markets rally. By the way, when you drop a question in at the Ask tab at AnnexWealth.com for Ask Annex, you don't have to use your name, and our next one is anonymous because of that. What are your thoughts on the rule of 100? I'm 55, so minus my age, that formula suggests 45% equities. Seems too low with 10 years to go. Yeah, so the rule of 100 is you take 100 minus your age, and that that is the percentage you should have in equities. But I'm just not a believer in clumping everyone in a general assumption. The amount of exposure to equities should be determined by your unique situation and your personal financial goals and your tolerance for risk. It's not age. Everybody's situation is different. We can have 80-year-olds who have 100% in equities. That's just based on their financial situation. They may never even use their portfolio for daily living. And then we can have 55-year-olds who are super Mm -hmm. conservative. So everybody's different. Everybody's situation is different. So you just have to have a financial plan done and find out what your goals are, and that should determine it. Final question on Ask Annex comes from James. My wife and I have separate finances. Do we have to open one account or we can keep them separate? What are the benefits, if any, to join them? And I guess they're talking about working with us. Yeah, and you can definitely keep them separate. A lot of times we see couples with different risk tolerances, so keeping them separate allows each individual to invest within their risk tolerance. But the advantage to joining them would be for efficiency, keeping track of one account versus two. You ensure that you aren't overlapping investments. There's less paperwork, and it's really easier to work towards that common goal. And there is actually a study out that says couples who pool their money are happier in their relationships than couples who keep their money separate. Oh, mm, isn't that oh, cute? Yeah. Sarah Kyle, <laughs> Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. You're welcome, Danny. Trevor Nargis, Senior Trader, part of the investment team. Thank you. Thank you. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. You know the difference? Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. When you lose a spouse, your world turns upside down. We're going to talk about how Annex steps in, be a source of direction and strength during a very difficult time. That's next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 620 WTMJ. One team, one plan, one fee. 
Money Talk is straight talk from a local fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on WTMJ. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Losing a spouse is an awful reality for married couples. You've had time together, and when the day comes when you're by yourself, it's just not right. Being widowed creates a hole and can be made worse if you don't have a solid financial plan. That's what we're going to talk about with Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP, and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Deanne. Hey, Danny. Oh, these are sad topics, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We realize that both men and women lose spouses, but for the sake of this conversation, we're going to talk about widows who have lost husbands. Statistically, that's more likely than the other way around, isn't it? Well, in 2020, there were about 3.5 million widowed men in the U.S. and about 11.3 million widowed women. Boy, I don't like the sound of this. Widowhood is one of the highest financial risk factors that face women. Yeah, a woman's income just from Social Security alone drops significantly after their spouse dies. This cut ranges from 33 to 50% compared to the couple's previous combined benefits. They're going down to one, the highest of the paychecks from two. So women face a higher risk of falling into poverty. Also, if their spouse had a pension, there might be a reduction in benefit there as well. The poverty rate for widowed women is almost 40 percent higher than her male counterpart that sets the stage for a serious conversation doesn't it and i'm going to use broad generalizations here but based on what i've read it's very possible that the widow was not as involved in managing finances traditionally right or wrong the husband took the lion's share of the financial management well, usually what i see as a wealth manager is one member of the partnership and yes it's usually the man takes care of the investments while the woman might take care of the household budgeting so both financial but very different duties we do usually see the division of household financial labor split though you're right and interestingly and this statistic has been around for a long time danny up to 70 percent of widows leave their husband's financial advisor within a year of their death according to vanguard research usually that's because they weren't involved in that decision making process and they had no relationship with the advisor or worse no advisor at all Right. right and so all of a sudden they're behind the eight ball they're forced to make decisions that they might not be equipped for in fact you and i did that segment called fortune hunters and gold diggers Mm -hmm. and we talked about how people can be taken advantage of in times like that yeah and that's why i always say you should bring along a second pair of eyes and ears a good friend whom you trust with you when you're making financial decisions after you have a major life-changing event like losing a spouse during times of stress we don't hear and process things the same way and at that time yeah unfortunately it can be easier to get taken advantage of because we're not as much on our toes or we might make decisions that are necessarily in our best interest because we just want to get the decisioning done Mm. with so that second set of eyes and ears can be very helpful in that case deanne phillips is director of client learning development cfp and a cdfa at annex wealth management deanne let's back up to a point where a married couple is sitting with us at annex wealth management let's go through some of the basic but very necessary steps they need to take with their wealth manager and their whole plan right well first off it is about the couple so they both do need to be here sharing their goals their wants, their needs. They're both equally important in building that financial plan. And they both need to have an understanding of how their current actions and income and and their assets fit into their plan and how their goals can be met. This is so much more and goes so much deeper than just knowing about their asset allocation or diversification. It's so much more than just the investments. It's understanding their income expenses, their legacy planning, their estate planning. And it's about stress testing their financial plan just 
just in case there is a long-term care need or a premature death. And stress testing the plan then really shows them as a couple, as a team, what would happen to the remaining partner financially if one was lost. Let's say it happens and a spouse passes. The, the dust needs to settle a little bit. But the widow needs to take certain steps. One of the most important is to contact us at Annex Wealth Management. The plan that worked previously for the married couple is in place, but it needs to morph. It needs to reflect a new reality. Yeah, so relatively soon you do need to revamp around that financial plan because your income, your tax situation, your expenses, they're all going to change. Your bracket's going to change, and eventually your goals might change too. All of these need to be formalized into a financial plan. You know, I've heard from a number of our wealth managers who share clients saying things like, it's so nice that somebody's not selling me something when we're sitting in meeting. That's not what we do. We're, we're here to help. Oh, no, absolutely. We are here as in a fiduciary capacity to act in the best interest of the clients. And we're really here to help guide you through all those transitions, good and bad. We have people that ask, how often do we meet? Well, when you're going through a transition, you're going to be in contact with us. and We're going to be in contact with you a little bit more. And that is normal. And, you know, sometimes it's about repetition and gentle nudges and reminders and helping you partner to and through all those life transitions. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Start that wealth metric process. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Got a bunch of locations trying to make it very easy for you to meet in person if you like. Elm Grove, Lake Country, Mequon, Appleton, downtown Milwaukee, inside the Fister, Madison, Naples, Florida, Libertyville, Illinois, as close as your computer at AnnexWealth.com. Back in a bit on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 620 WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. The longest-running weekly personal finance radio show in Wisconsin. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on WTMJ. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. In the last commercial break, we're talking about brackets. Everybody's busted. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felski is here, Chief Investment Officer. Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks, Danny. You know, we were talking about elite wealth management firms and really what goes into that, and we spent some time on the investment side of the house in the team that we have put together. But, of course, wealth management is a bigger part of that. And you think about going to a fee-only fiduciary, and I know I pound the table on that, but it's for important reasons, is because people want a non-commissioned-based financial planner. They want this genuine service. People want it, and they need it. They, what they do not want is to get sold something that they did not know. Or, for example, they bought a product with a high commission and they didn't understand that. So you know, going through that process is something that people want. And I would caution people that when you go and get your financial plan, that it is from a non-commission-based financial planner because that is really an important piece to make sure that you're getting unbiased advice. Back to the investment side of the house, though, Derek, you know, when we talk about who is in the room, you know, we have PhDs and CFAs and all of the latest and technology technology. 
Why is that important? Because of risk management. It is, and, and one of the things that we, we do from the beginning is, you know, we define what we believe to the, be the relative risk-adjusted returns, risk-adjusted portfolio that, that basically coalesces with the financial plan from a conservative investor, a moderate investor, or an aggressive investor. And then we tweak it, and we stress test it, and we make, make, make changes at the margin, and when we try to determine what kind of risk we're adding when we say add equity exposure or, or alter our fixed income allocation from, say, high-yield debt to a short-term bond. It, it's just a way of assessing what the probabilities are because, you know, the, the world is inherently uncertain. I mean, people like to say that markets hate uncertainty, but markets are always uncertain. No right. one ever really knows what's going to happen the next day, and those that do are lying. And there's that's the old saying, right? There's people who don't know, and there's people who don't know that they don't know, right? And so, of course, we don't know, and it's why it's a probability game, and that's why you have to employ these risk management tools and if you just plugged in to a set it and forget it when the world has changed, and I am telling you folks, quantitative easing to quantitative tightening is a sea change that we have seen in our 40 years, Derek. Right. And, you know, you're a golfer, Dave, and you know that when the weather's bad or the, there's a lot of wind, uh, you're going to play the, play that hole a little bit differently th- than you would if the wind was at your back. And right now, the wind is a little bit in our face, so we're going to be a little bit conservative. Granted, the three wood off the tee, uh, we're going to probably use one more club to go into the greens and just... Just try to be consistent, and then hopefully um, you'll let me do the putting because you're not particularly good there. <laughs> oh, wowza, yowza. Boy, it's uh, really been a great last show for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yes, no, and folks, I really want to talk about that, is that you go through the process and make sure that you know what you want and why you own it, and how much you paid for it. I know I pound the table on that uh, almost every week, but it is really important. And the reason why is people come in to all of our eight branches, and we get to talk to really great people, and they tell us about are their experiences that they've gotten. There is a difference between financial advisors. And finally, I just want to talk about one last thing, and that is the concern over the banking industry. I think the Federal Reserve is, as much as that we give them a lot of garbage, Derek, they have really stepped in here, and I think that's an important piece that you have confidence in the banking system. Right, and I even had some conversations last night at a uh, March Madness party with with someone I th- who I think is very knowledgeable, and you know he felt that the you know the, the Fed is, had basically bailed out these banks, and what I told him was they didn't really bail out the banks, they bailed out the depositors, and yes, they even bailed them out above the, the FDIC limits, which frankly was a smart move, because if they hadn't done that, we would have seen massive runs on banks where uh, depositors has, had savings in excess of those limits. And we don't want to say that this has passed because we really don't know what the real estate industry is going to go through over the next period of years. And of course, if that's going to put pressure on financial institutions. But we are saying is you must mitigate your risk. You must go through that portfolio. You must understand that the financial plan is so very important. And this is what we do on a daily basis, folks, across the platform. Dave, can I ask you a question? Is there a difference between fee-based and fee-only? There is. There is. Yeah. And we are fee-only. We're fee-only, and that means that we cannot accept commissions, and we do not accept commissions, and that is a big point. Fee-based means, and, and there, I think it's a hole, really, in the regulation that you can say you're a fiduciary, and then you take that hat off and put on the high commission product hat, and that does, unfortunately, happens way too often in this industry. Know who you're working with. It does make a difference. Yep. There's a lot going on right now. Here we are into March of 2023. What's it going to look like in a year? You know what? Can you prepare for it? There are threats. 
their opportunities. We're an elite wealth management company working on investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. Now, if you're a do-it-yourself and you do a couple of those, that's not a complete plan. You need all four of those things working together. Put the power of the Annex Wealth Management team on your side. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. How are you doing? What are you missing? Find out. We're glad you could join us today. Hope you have a great week. See you next Saturday, 10 o'clock. Join us then. If not, see you on Spotify. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 620 WTMJ. Advice and opinions expressed during Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, are solely that of the hosts or guests of Annex Wealth Management and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.